Hi guys and welcome to episode 14 of Just Keep Swimming. First of all I want to say thank you to anybody that has listened to my podcast so far. Whether it be one episode, two episodes, all of them. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to it. Um, I'm hoping I'm able to help people that need it. Because me being able to share my journey has really, really helped me. Thank you for those people that have like reached out to me and kind of like, you know shared their thoughts and their feelings with me as well it really it really does help and the grief community itself is huge um which I've only really I knew it was going to be big anyway but I only really realized how big it actually was when I joined Instagram with my podcast um almost a year ago now um but I didn't, you know, just to know that we're not alone, I think that's the most important thing and that's my, you know, the message behind my podcast, I don't want people to feel like they're alone and I'm hoping that me sharing my journey and my story and my thoughts and everything else is able to, you know, I'm able to help somebody out there um, because that would mean the world to me, I think I've said that already probably a million times before but it really genuinely does, it would mean the world to me if I can help somebody just to kind of you know realize that they're not on their own and that we're all kind of in this together so yeah a huge 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 thank you to anybody out there listening right now um this episode is all about my partner and I'm going to interview him um we've been well we've been married almost three years um in February um and we've been together for a few years before that and you know he got to spend very little time with my mum um I'd actually told my mum about him in August I actually remember the date the 15th of August 2018 which was Indian Independence Day which is one of the reasons why I remember it I remember my um me telling my mum all about him and I was really nervous because we'd been together for a couple of years and, you know, it was kind of like getting to the point where we were getting quite serious and I always told him that I'm not going to tell her until we're kind of like really, really like serious and I'm really ready to kind of like settle and stuff because I didn't want to hurt her in any way. I didn't want to like tell her about somebody then it kind of like will fizzle out or or it end. I wanted to tell her and, you know, introduce her to someone that was going to be my forever. Um... So yeah, so, you know, I'd waited a couple of years, you know, my partner was like, you need to tell her, you need to tell her, my friends were like, you need to tell her, you need to tell her, and I did, I told her on that date, um, and as some of you may know, my mum sadly passed away in the October of 2018, so she didn't actually get to spend much time with him, um, you know, we'd gone out for a few meals, he'd spent some time at the house, um, and it was kind of like it was just really nice um thinking about it right now is making me quite sad because I feel really rubbish that she did I didn't get to tell her about him or I didn't tell her about him before because I think it would have been great for me and for him and for her to be able to have spent more time with him because he's a huge part of my life right now um, but it makes me sad that they didn't get to spend more time together, and that's partly my fault because I didn't tell her about him. 
but anyway the little time they did spend together you know we'd gone for like meals out we'd gone for like little walks and stuff and in the park and everything else and you know he'd spent some time at the house um and mum was kind of quite poorly around that time you know that was the kind of time where she was just kind of really really feeling it really feeling quite unwell in herself and stuff and and I you know we we just kept on going and she was you know she was seeking help and all of that kind of stuff sorry I kind of digress again but yeah they'd spent some time together and in the last week of you know mum being around you know he was like by my side a hundred percent when she was in hospital he you know was there as well you know the last weekend that I had with mum um obviously I'd spent it in the hospital with her and he was by my side you know just because he wanted to be um and I kind of felt like I got her blessing a little bit you know when I told her about him on that August the 15th you know I kind of got her blessing um you know because she kind of like remember she held my hand and you know, I was in the car, it was a really random day, we were driving to Tesco, um, and I just blurted it out, and I just said, look, mum, I'm with somebody, and she held my hand and just looked at me and kind of said, as long as you're happy, um, and I think she kind of knew about him already, because obviously I'd spent weekends away, you know, I'd go out for like however long, and you know, she's, she wasn't stupid, she knew I was seeing somebody, but I think the fact that it was like, she waited for me to tell her rather than her asking me was a really nice thing but yeah so he did get to spend some time with her but he's been by my side ever since like he was by my side before that as well but since losing my mom you know he's been my rock my absolute rock and I've been wanting to do this interview with him for some time to kind of like talk about you know his side and his perspective because I think and I hope that if you know there are partners out there you know whose partners have lost a loved one or you know if it helps somebody then that's what I want to do and I hope that his story will help somebody out there who is a partner of somebody you know who's grieving um, and to kind of share that perspective so I'm hoping yeah it's 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 a help and it will help us as well because it's actually going to be the first time that we'll have actually sat down and actually spoken about the whole thing since it all happening obviously we've spoken about bits and bobs but genuine like raw stuff um this will be our first proper like proper proper chat so i'm hoping um, I'm hoping you guys appreciate the rawness in it because there probably will be quite a few tears from me. I can I can feel it now. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, yeah, I'll see you on the other side. Okay, so I've got Alex here with me right now. Um, so let's start with how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I've had a nice, easy, relaxed weekend, so I'm in a, a good mood. Good, good to hear. Um, so we're going to start off something nice. Uh, just I just want you to share some like memories of mum. I know you didn't spend much time with her, but 
any memories that you do have, it would be really, really nice to hear about. Okay, so I, I, th I think the first one is is the when I got officially introduced to your mum and we came over for for dinner and she'd obviously made the dinner herself and I think you could quite tell that she was quite excited that I was coming over to be officially introduced as your boyfriend because <laughs> I think secretly she'd known I'd been around for a while but not actually met me as the boyfriend. So yeah, when I came round that evening, we had some food and you could just see that she was a happy, bubbly, excitable self to see that you had a... That we were together, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, then following that actual official introduction, we spent quite a few weekends together. We'd gone to Central Park in... in Cannon Hill, Cannon Hill Park. Park, not Central Park. Sorry, we live in the UK, <laughs> not New York. Um, but yeah, we were spending, we're spending time in the park. We're going for walks. We were spending more time together. And yeah, she was just a, a very happy, chatty, bubbly person. Even though she didn't speak to me in English all the time. She was talking to me and you could just tell there was there was happiness behind it. And yeah, she was a very social, bubbly person. Oh, that's really nice to hear. And yeah, it did make me smile. Um, I know like the last weekend while she was in hospital and stuff, you spent we spent like the weekend with her, um, and we just sat there with her, which was really, really nice and just being there for her and stuff. And obviously that was like literally like the weekend before she sadly passed away. So I just want to know, like, you know, how did you feel and stuff? Um, and talk me through the time, like, when she passed away and just kind of your point of view and your perspective of it all. Okay, so I, I think um, with your mum going in the hospital and spending the weekend, because when we, I went to come across this, because I wanted to be there for you, and I saw your mum in the hospital, I was thinking it's going to be another couple of days and she'll be out. They would have diagnosed what the issue is, worked out what drugs, what combination of drugs she needs to be in, adapted it and sent her on her way. Because she was coherent, she was responsive. She was responsive to how we were behaving in the in the room. She, she, she wasn't a person that looked like she was that close to passing away. She was very much with us in the room. And there was a couple of times she even told us both off for being silly in the room. But yeah, she was she was paying attention. She was listening. She was conversing with us. So I, yeah, I think as the because I think it was the following, it was either the Wednesday or the Thursday. It must have been the Thursday. Yeah. I think I'd I'd come across during the week because I know you've been spending all the time in the hospital and probably wasn't eating that well. So I came over on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. I cut you a meal. Stayed with you, made sure you rested as much as you could because you were obviously very stressed at this point in time. Um, and then I've and I was ringing you every lunchtime just to make sure to see if you're okay. And I rang you on the Thursday lunchtime, and you were obviously very distressed and very upset. And you'd spoken to your brother, and pretty much you've been given your brother giving you the news that we didn't expect your mum to be alive for much longer. Yeah. And I was trying to calm you down and saying, go to the hospital, speak to the doctors, just in case there's been some misunderstanding. Maybe he's, he's, he's heard something and just focus on something rather than listen to the whole conversation. Because, yeah. again, your brother was also going to the hospital to see his mum, but also the wife, his wife at the time. Yeah. So everyone was very tired, very stressed, and these things can happen. So I was like, just go to the hospital yourself, speak to the doctors, and make sure you got the full story. And I then went back into the office 
told my boss what was going on. He was like, if anything happens, just go, it's fine, it's not a problem. And literally, I think within 20 minutes, you called me and all I got was noise down the phone. So I knew that something mm -hmm. had clearly had, had crossed the line. So I jumped in the car, came to see you at hospital and you, you, you were there saying, yep, yeah, the doctors, what Jay had said had been correct. The doctor said, we, there's nothing more they could do for your mum. They didn't know how long she was going to be alive for, but they were still running some more tests and we we're going to see what happens. So you, I mean, your mum at this point was obviously not the same as she was at the weekend, no. but she was still with us. Yeah. She was obviously still aware of what was going on. They took her down to a different ward, did the test, and then when she came back from the test, I think that's when everything changed because she never quite woke up no. from it. And whatever they did, whether it was a local anaesthetic, general anaesthetic, I don't know, I can't remember, but she came back and she just seemed to be and that point where well, you know where you that point where you're trying to fall asleep but can't fall asleep and you're tossing and turning and quite sort of mm -hmm. restless. She seemed very restless. And I think that's when we got the, the doctor said we don't expect it to be alive for much longer than, than I think it was like twenty four, forty eight hours. Mm -hmm. Uh which is quite a shock and a a surprise. And it was just like, Wow, I don't really know what you're gonna do with that information. And I, I just knew that it'd be the end of the world for you, for you and for Jay. And I also, I, I think we already made a decision at this point that you need to tell your brother, yeah, your mum's ill. Mm. We don't know how long for. Get here as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, no, it's a very, a very strange situation. I obviously called work, and I think I called work out of a shot of you because I knew I was already feel, welling up and feeling emotional. But I knew I couldn't just be. I had to be strong for for you at this point in time. And then I think it was just a case of there was some faffing around in the hospital. They tried moving your mum around from bed to ward to ward to bed, which was quite frustrating and, and disruptive. But finally we got settled in a room and I think you could just see the, the light fading from your mum. And you struggled at this point. You really struggled. You couldn't even be in the room so I was having to come out to console you and say, look, this is, you need to say goodbye to your mum. You need to be with your mum. As distressing as it is, rightly or wrongly, I thought you needed to be there at the very last moment because I think you would regret it if you didn't. And that, that's what I remember from, from that point being in the hospital. Things then just blurred and disappeared and we were then back at the house at silly o'clock in the morning we were then making sort of tea and toasts in the kitchen because we hadn't eaten. It'd been a very long night, very tired. And I remember I was starting to... It sort of, I think it hit me there at this point, just being in the kitchen in the house. And I started to cry and you were like, please don't. If you start, I, I will and then there'll be no stopping. And I was like, yep. Get myself back together. Gave myself a few moments, gather myself. We then chilled out and relaxed. Well, we didn't really chill out. We just enjoyed the sort of tea and toast, got our thoughts together, and that's when you were like, right, I need to start making phone calls. I need to start telling the family what's happened. And and that was it from the from the time in the hospital. But, yeah, it was a very, it was a very strange sensation because it, it all happened very quickly, but it seems like it took forever at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Got a bit emotional there. Um. 
yeah, everything happened really, really quickly. You know, the making the tea and the toast and things. I really don't remember any of that. I don't remember you crying or getting upset or anything like that. It was just, it was all such a blur. And just thinking about it now and hearing your side. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to hear it because obviously we haven't sat down and spoken about any of this. So this is like proper, just straight up, you know, being honest and brutal with everything that's gone on during that time. Um, everything happened really, really quickly after that and stuff, you know, there was, after I made all the phone calls and stuff, you know, family started appearing at the house and, you know, everything just happened really, really quickly. Um, I just want to know like how you felt with the, with the differences in like culturally, obviously like my partner is a, you know, an atheist, um, he's white, um, I'm an Indian, you know, our cultures are completely different, um, I just want to know, like, how you took all of that on as well, because it must have been so overwhelming and so insanely different to what you're used to, and you just took it so well, and you just got on with it, I just, I've never really asked you how you felt about the whole situation, how you took the whole, you know, the intensity of everyone around you know the religious side of it the family side of it just everything in itself just want to know like how you felt with all of that really okay so you started making your phone calls and you're speaking to family and then i was well aware that a few people were coming over and they were over really quickly and i was quite apprehensive at this time because i've mentioned that i only just recently been introduced to your actual mom i hadn't met anyone in your family uh by your brother mm-hmm. brothers i should say yeah. so i was just gonna go okay i'm here obviously quite clearly as your boyfriend because no <laughs> they didn't know me i didn't know them and this is quite a strange situation to meet for the first time and then i remember it i think it was a uh, bari and uh dirabari were the first two people here and they started telling me uh, saying doing the condolences, seeing how you were, saying hello. And then they were like, right, we've got to move this, we've got to move that. And I was like, oh, we'll just push it to the side if you need to do that. Because I did have no understanding of what was coming. So I was like, and they were like, no, 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 we need to make the room completely empty. And you need to move the sofas all the way back to the walls. We need to get rid of the TV, anything. (laughs) I was like, why are we moving house? What's going on? I don't know. But I just did as I told. And then more and more people started to arrive and I was just saying hello and they would, and people just got on with it automatically because obviously this wasn't the first time for them. And I was probably saying hello, greeting a lot of people, trying to remember names, didn't have a clue, had no chance. So I just tried to stay out of the way. And if anyone asked me to do something, I just did it. Um, And I think at this point, I was really shocked about how many people were here. The house was rammed from wall to wall people and... It was quite, it was really nice because I was like, wow, this is really nice to know that you're surrounded by so many people that actually cared about your mum and you and the family. Uh, and then there was lots of food from where, I don't know, because there wasn't in the house, but there was just endless amount of food, endless amount of tea and just lots of that. And then, then there was prayers in the in the evening, lots of sort of singing and prayers, obviously all in Gujarati and I didn't have a clue. So I was just... At this point in time, I was just struggling to try and sit on the floor as comfortably as possible because <laughs> I'm an old man that's never done this before and I like my comfort and my sofas. But I was then sitting on the floor and just listening to the, the, to the prayers. So I think the first couple of days, because this goes on every day for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, and I was, yeah, so I was just uh, 
doing my bit. And I only had a couple of days off for work before then I was going back to work. So I was spending, because I was leaving the house quite early in the morning. I was coming back quite late because you live in Birmingham. But at that point in time, I was working a lot closer to where I was living at the time in, in Warwickshire. So I was probably quite tired, mm-hmm. overwhelmed and uh, yeah, just shocked. But yeah, no, for the first two weeks, I think from the cultural side, I think I was just amazed that people came by every day for two weeks. It was very repetitive, and I understand why, because it's traditions from back from India. And yeah, so it was quite nice and quite a sort of heartwarming to see that this is what happened and they were doing that. They were doing that to celebrate the, your mum's memory and to make sure that you and your brothers are okay. So I think it was, yeah, it was quite nice heart and heartwarming. Um, I think the only thing that really sort of bothers me with the traditions and the cultural side of it is when it came to the actual day of the funeral, that from your traditions, it was you were then just automatically excluded and your brothers were then front and centre, which doesn't really sound a lot, but knowing your sort of exact circumstances... You, your mum's rock. You were there every day for your mum. You were there, pretty much best friends. You weren't just mother and daughter. You were best friends. Cash lived on the other side of the world <laughs> in the equator. Yeah. Your older brother, yes, is in Birmingham, but it was you and your mum six days a week. I saw you one, one evening and one day a week. The other six days was you and your mum all day, every day, apart from the hours you're at work. So I got a bit irritated that straight away that this priest that didn't know anyone from Adam just straight away excluded you. Yeah. And I think this is one of the reasons why I think I'm atheist, because it's just silliness. I think you need to be in the 21st century now. There's, n- there's That, that behaviour is no longer needed. So this is, again, love the cu- cultural side of coming here and being supporting you, but that was your family when it came down to the actual religious side of it, it was your woman, go to the side, disappear and do as you're told, which, because you wouldn't even, technically they weren't really happy with you going to the the cemetery for the cremation and some of her best friends, they felt nervous about going because they were women. women. And they felt bad for going and I was like, it's your friend, you should be going to, going across and saying, paying your respects. I mean, for my culture, that's not... We just all go. And I, I've unfortunately, all my parents have passed away, so I've been to a few funerals. Your grandparents. My grandparents. Yeah, you said parents. Grandparents. <laughs> yeah, my parents are still alive. <laughs> Sorry. But my grandpa... And but when the, the coffin disappears, that's it. We don't go into the back to see the coffin actually go into the furnace and be cremated. For your mother, all the men went straight into the back to see the, the funeral of the coffin go into the furnace to be burned. And I was like, I don't understand what they... And I, I was like, I don't understand what they're getting out of this because it was very sort of um, clean and clinical back there. There was no emotion, but I was like, okay, I'll just follow along because this is what everyone else is doing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think once once that died down and gone past, it was, yeah, it was um, it was different. It was a whirlwind. I remember being very tired and, and it was quite a, a difficult time, I think, for the for, for two weeks. For the, definitely for the initial two weeks. Yeah. Because I was definitely just sitting on the outside. But on one respect, I got to meet a lot of your family. 
and when I sort of and thankfully we got on and we we speak and we're yeah we're in a good place definitely yeah there's a lot of old school hindu indian traditions that you know that don't involve the women and stuff in a lot of things and i might have briefly mentioned it in one of my previous episodes where you know there was you know in the a cemetery you know i you know, I questioned, like, going and being there and stuff because, you know, my mum wouldn't have wanted me there maybe. I don't know. But, again, when it's your mum, you kind of have to step up and you have to do these things. And I thought there's no way in hell that I'm going to not be a part of this. Um, And, you know, there was a time where Alex was talking about, um, you know, going to see the the coffin being cremated and stuff mum you know being cremated and having to go behind and behind those closed doors and doing whatever it needs doing to actually see it actually being cremated like you know I've heard stories and I've seen things but as a girl you don't generally be you're not really a part of that um and I remember like getting up to kind of go and be a part of it and thinking hang on why is Alex getting to go when, you know, we're not married? There's nothing, you know, that's, he's my boyfriend at this moment in time and he's being asked to go and be a part of this, but me as the daughter, you know, isn't. And I remember briefly thinking about it and thinking, you know what, one of my um pappy's um, cousins came over and just said to me, look, you know, your mum wouldn't have wanted you to be a part of this. And, and it's true, I don't think my mum would have wanted me to see that, so that kind of like stopped me from going and doing that um but yeah it's definitely good to hear like your side of it all and stuff um so do like I know you were like really really supportive of everything that was going on and what was going on in my head and everything else and just that whole time but did you feel like you kind of knew how to support me and like if you didn't like were you able to like seek guidance with anybody like through friends or through I don't know internet or whatever else on like supporting me and stuff because like you did a really amazing job so just kind of want to know like how you felt about all of that really okay so um yeah I didn't have a clue I had no idea and I think my basic principle was like I'm here for you whatever you need me to do I will do it just let me know and I'll do whatever you want me to do because this is obviously quite a traumatic time in your life. But as as for what I was doing, I had no idea and I don't really feel, feel like I, I did a lot. So I, I spoke to my mum, I think quite a bit this time, just to sort of say, because it was also my sort of point of releasing of what I've seen for the day and everything else and communicating and having a little bit of space and, yeah. and freedom. But it was just a case of being there, I think, most of the time. And it's there is no guidance. Because I remember a couple of days after going back to work, I was spending that... Because I was that tired, I wasn't really productive at work. So I remember Googling stuff and reading stuff. But most of it's nonsense. It doesn't actually tell you anything that's helpful. The, the books or the blurb that's on the internet and the bits that you're reading. And just remember reading page after page of nonsensical descriptions of nothing it didn't actually tell you what you needed to do to help your partner or a close person in your life to deal with the situations there's no actual manual or guidance i think it's just one of the things that happen in life 
Um, and I think it, it was possibly harder for me because for me and my mum and my parents, I haven't spoken to my dad in five years. Mm-hmm. I have a strained relationship with my mum as it is anyway. So I couldn't relate to how you and your mum were. Yeah. I mean, you you and your mum were in each other's pockets all the time and, and best friends. So I, I didn't. So I think my biggest worry was in supporting you. It's like I didn't know how to comfort you in the loss of losing not only your mum but your best friend. So it was extremely difficult. And I think it was just a case of if you need me, I'm here. Don't just call me at any point in the time. Day or night, if I'm at work, call me. I think one of the benefits of having your brothers here and or your family here is that it gave me a lot of um, relief to know because you weren't left on your own all day. Because I think if... um, for my culture, you would have been you would have been left a year on your own. I guess your brothers would have been allowed the same amount of time off, but you wouldn't have had that many people here yeah. keeping you busy. So I think that was quite a good, nice relief. But yeah, it was extremely difficult because there's, there's no answers. There's what do you, what do you say to a person that's just lost their a parent? There is nothing that you can really bring anything back apart from the cliche comments, which is. You try to sort of think that you're probably more intelligent than that, but there's actually probably nothing more intelligent to actually say apart from the cliche comments of they've gone into a better place now, they're not no longer suffering. Yeah. And you will always remember the good times. But yes, it's it's difficult and I think I think for support for people going through grief and people supporting people going through grief really needs to sort of step up. Because there isn't a lot of there isn't help out there. No. No, no, I don't think there is. And I think that's one of the reasons why I want to reach out to people and stuff. But yeah, you did an amazing job supporting me and maybe we haven't spoken about it and stuff. But I do obviously 100% appreciate everything that you've done. As you know, um, yeah, because you have been my rock in everything that's gone on. So thank you. Um, How did you like handle my grief and stuff I know I'm still going through it because I still have my moments and my days and stuff so I shouldn't say how did you how are you handling my grief in terms of like my good days my bad days my my nightmares that I have you know just everything like how do you think that you're like handling it all um is there anything that you found specifically difficult um yeah so obviously, you still your grief is still ongoing, and I think it always will be. I think it's still just. Um, I think what's difficult is not having answers. I think on obviously the anniversary uh, for your mum's birth, the anniversary of your mum's birthday, and actual anniversary of passing away, they they hit you quite hard. And again, the what to actually do to help you through these difficult times is quite difficult and. You know I'm here for you, but I think sometimes you just want to be on your own. But it's it's playing that fine line. It's like, do I keep saying, letting you know that I'm here or do I give you space, but I don't want you to then feel alone and you haven't got someone to talk to when you're in these moments. So again, it's, it's just trying to, I suppose, read the room and read you and just comfort you as much as I can, but then not suffocate you at the same time. And I think it's quite difficult because it's quite hard to articulate what you feel so it's quite and again there's probably is no words to articulate it correctly so i think it's it's life it's life to a point which is quite a probably brutal statement yeah 
but um, there's no judgment or whatever. It's just it's it's difficult to know how to how to respond to these situations, and it's 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 upsetting to see you in these to see you like that, and it's upsetting to not have the answers to know how to guide you away from it to bring you into back into a better place. But at the same time, I don't want to stop you from feeling your feelings because I don't think that's helpful either to bottle it up. It's just one of them things of it's it's playing the game, I think, and reading the room and that moment in time and, and not to put pressure on you, but then also then it's difficult because sometimes I feel like you you should tell me a little bit more, but then at the same time it, it's your grief, so you need to deal with it in your own space. Um, your nightmares, because they have happened a, a couple of times, and again it's like, because one, you know, suddenly I'm just woken up and I have no idea what's going on. And then first thing I realised what's going on. And then I sort of, I think the first time I was like, I'm okay, I'm here, I'm talking to you. And you were clearly not awake when you were talking, when I was talking <laughs> to you. And then you were awake and you were shocked by me talking to you. So it's, it's again, it's a strange situation. But again, when I start looking into researching these things, there's, there's no answers out there. There's very, there's not even references to books to go and read. And the books that I have sort of read briefly when I have gone into the bookshops, I read them and I'm like, I can't, it's not, they're not page turners and they don't really offer answers to my situation. So then it's like, do I pursue reading, buy this book and read it and hopefully it has some sort of guidance and answers. I, I just feel like it's not, it's not the way to go and I'm, feel winging it is probably the best the best way to be honest yeah definitely 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 um has there ever been a time where you feel like you haven't been able to support me or likewise if you've ever felt that I've not been able to support you because obviously as much as I've been grieving you've been the one that's kind of had to go through it with me through this whole you know the last three just over three years and stuff have you ever felt that I haven't supported you and stuff? And, you know, have I not done enough to kind of, like, help you through it? As much as I'm grieving, I know that you have been a 100% a part of the whole thing. Um, You can be as brutally honest as you want to be. Yeah, I don't think there's anything... Because we're in a good place. This hasn't... This, this, this moment in time, this life event, it hasn't strained a relationship. Um... We were in a good place beforehand and unfortunately, just before your mum went to hospital was the weekend I was going to propose to you anyway. So that was, so our relationship was already in a good space. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, well, we were gonna, we were supposed to go away that weekend, obviously got cancelled and everything else, but I had the ring, everything was going to happen and I was going to propose to you that weekend as a sort of like a, almost an early Christmas present and sort of knowing that your mum would be happy about it. And obviously he got put on hiatus and then obviously the funeral and everything else. And after going through that, I was then it just redoubled the, the fact that I knew that I wanted to be with you. So then it wasn't that long. It was only at the end of the year that I then proposed. So I don't, yeah, I've not, not been worried or not struggled because as a whole our relationship is is strong and solid and it's being supportive and i think i'm in the go i'm happy as and i think that's probably one of the worst things of guilt is that as a as a person i'm happy while you're obviously struggling and grieving 
it's it's probably that's the worst thing about it is because as a whole as together we're 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 good and we're happy and the future is going off quite nicely and i think in some points like going to snowden i think that was a good thing for us both because that was something that you chose to do yourself with a little persuasion from me but then that was also when we went up the the hill because it was again a family thing and your brother started it with us but quite quickly learned that he wasn't in the physical position to carry it out but then you were determined to do it but I had to emotionally carry you all the way to the top of Snowden which was I mean physically going up the hill wasn't a problem for me but I think emotionally it was quite straining for myself and I think that's a a big difference and I think that was probably because I saw how difficult it was for you even though you'd been doing a bit of prep for it, I don't think you you hadn't done enough. And I think there is there is parts where you probably, if I let you, you would have given up and walked back down. <laughs> but otherwise... No. no, definitely not. Other, otherwise, no, I don't think there's a problem. And I think I can see that it's you that's dealing with the problem, so it would be unfair for me to... If I I think if our relationship was struggling, it would have then struggled and been a struggle to be around, but it's not, so I'm... It's in a good place and it's in a strong place and it, it works. Yeah, it does. It definitely, definitely 100% works. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as much as we are strong and happy and stuff right now and, you know, we have been throughout, there have there are moments where we don't. And I think around, remember, around the funeral time and, you know, mum's passing and stuff, we, emotions were ridiculously high and strained and you know, I my feelings were everywhere and we did have moments where we did have silly little arguments over things because things were so intense and, you know, and that's just, that's just normal. And at that time it was heartbreaking and horrible to go through, but it was something that just, we just had to go through and it was fine and we managed it and we got through it and, you know, we, we are here and we're, we're together which is you know the best best thing and you've helped me through all of it you know every little bit of it um and I may be a bit of a closed book and I may not you know share everything that I want to kind of share and stuff and all the thoughts that are going on inside my head again you know is one of the reasons why I started you know my podcast and stuff to kind of open up a little bit more and as much as I'm speaking out to everyone else, I'm obviously speaking out to you as well to let you know how I'm feeling in my own little weird way. <laughs> um, yeah, um, sorry. Just kind of want to know, like, what your advice would be to anybody that was in your position, you know, going through what you're, what you went through and what you're going through. What advice would you give someone in your position? I think um, I think I, 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 people go through this position in couples, but I think every position is unique again. But I think my honest op- sort of help and advice is just just wipe it all out, whatever's going on. Just be there, just be by your side, and just take it in your stride. Don't have any preconceptions of what sh- how the day should go, what needs to be done, or what needs to be said. Just just be there. And if you're struggling, I think sometimes go and find your own outlet and speak to them. But when you're being supportive to someone else that's definitely struggling, is just be there. Don't force yourself. Don't force any situation. Just be there in that in that time. And I, it seems very lame and not exactly 
a lot to actually do, but sometimes just being there is quite hard because I think I was, because one, I wasn't prepared to be over in Birmingham every day <laughs> no. and working, not obviously not working locally, I probably struggled a little bit to always be sort of in the room because I was tired, working, busy and everything else. But I think it's just being there and letting the other person know that you are there for, if anything suddenly happens, they can come and grab you and do what they need to. Because I think there was an, a couple of instances where you just needed to be by yourself upstairs in the room and you just needed someone to hold. You didn't need to say anything, you didn't need to do anything, you just needed that bit of space and time and someone to be there. So I think if the guidance is, is just be there, don't have an opinion, just go with it, just roll with it and just be that, that person that they can come and speak to and say whatever they need to or not say whatever they need to, but just actually physically being there, just being the presence. Don't hold any judgments, don't have any preconceptions, just just be there and let them talk. And if you don't agree with it, again, don't say anything, just let them talk, get off the chest. I think it's just it's just about being there in the room. Yeah, definitely just being present and just kind of being there, which you 100% were. Um, yeah, I, there's, I don't have any more questions, really. I just want to kind of leave it open to you to see if you want to share anything else um, and leave the last few words with you to say goodbye, really, to everybody. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity to talk because, again, we probably haven't spoken about a few of these subjects out in the open and again i think this is why the podcast has been healthy for you because it's giving you that outreach to say what you need to say and again i think it's possibly helped because you're, you're speaking to an inanimate object <laughs> without any sort of judgment coming back on you so but yeah so thank you for being, for being part of the process and i hope it continues and i hope it helps yourself and other people going through the same Thank you very much, babe. Um, speak to you guys um, soon. I hope you guys are well. Take care of yourselves. And, yeah, catch you next episode, guys. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.